the Grateful deck, which we, which you alluded to, um, really came about during the pandemic. You know, we were all in our homes, not able to go anywhere. Um, some people living alone, like myself, separated from family, not being able to visit them. And so I knew, and I think this was an issue before the pandemic, that loneliness is on the rise. People have social anxiety, uh, connections so big, uh, but people lack a lot of social connections, I feel, at least what I was reading. So I wanted to develop a product that helped bring people together to have more meaningful conversations centered around the positives in their lives. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests, come from many different and diverse backgrounds. And the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boyer, a gratitude and gut health expert. And I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. And this week, I'm welcoming Scott Colby of Say It With Gratitude. He's also known as the Grateful Hiker and the creator of the Grateful Deck. What I will say is this is a conversation filled with gratitude and all the different ways that you can practice gratitude in your life. I love this conversation with Scott because we also talk about the business of gratitude and how gratitude directly helps anyone who is in business or is working with clients. Scott shares how his gratitude journey began with a trip to Guatemala to help build schools and how he was influenced by the Miracle Morning as a part of his gratitude practice. What I love about Scott is he's not afraid to try different things. He's implemented gratitude into many different businesses that he has had over the years. And I love that gratitude is a theme throughout everything that he does. Scott and I have fun answering some questions from the Grateful Deck as well. This is such a fun episode, and I'm just so excited that you're here with me to share Scott and our conversation about gratitude. It just put me in such an amazing mood to connect with Scott, and I'm sure you'll feel the same after finishing up with this interview. Before we start, I have some really exciting news to share with you. If you've been around the podcast for the last few months, you may remember that I talked about the six-week gut reset program that was running for April and May. If you missed your chance to join us for the six-week gut reset, I'm so excited to share that we are doing a shorter pre-summer gut reset program from May 25th to June 28th. The Gut Reset Program is paying attention to what you are putting into your body every day and how you treat yourself. It's understanding how different foods make you feel and how they affect your personal digestion. The program includes four weeks of support from our professional program leaders, a community of like-minded women, three individual coaching sessions, live weekly online yoga classes with my co-founder, Kathy Skelcher, a certified yoga instructor and women's health coach, and weekly live gratitude meditations by me as well. Now, if you're looking to find out more about this program and see if it's the right fit for you, there is a link in the podcast description, or you can visit wakeupwithgratitude.com and check out wellness programs. We'd love to have you join us for this last gut reset that we'll be doing until the fall. Okay, friends, let's dive right into this interview with Scott Colby.
Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I'm welcoming Scott Colby to the podcast. Hi, my friend. Hey, Julie. How are you? Oh, so good. I love these times when I get to record the podcast and meet new people and so much fun because you are the grateful hiker. So Scott is living in Tennessee. He gets to hike in the Smoky Mountains. He's got a background in the fitness industry and in coaching, uh, and he's the founder of Say It With Gratitude. Uh, His first book is The Grateful Entrepreneur, which there's a funny story behind that, which I might share later. And he created this grateful deck in 2022, which I would love for him to share about how he's using this deck. So it's a card deck. So to say that Scott is infusing all aspects of his life with gratitude, I think might be an understatement. And so when we were introduced by um, another podcast guest, uh, Anesh Daya, I knew that Scott and I had to connect. I was so excited for us to have this conversation. So Scott, so much fun to have you here. You really do seem to have gratitude infused into so many places in your life. I'm curious, is there like a story behind how you became a person that practices gratitude? There certainly is. It's a great question to to start with. Uh, my story that I like to share uh, evolved from a trip that I took to Guatemala. Uh, it was back in July of 2014. So if we kind of rewind to earlier that year, I was looking for some more fulfillment in my life, as many of us are. And I just wanted to make an impact. And I decided, hey, I want to do a volunteer trip uh, that helps kids. But I didn't really know in what capacity I wanted to do that. Uh, So I did a little bit of research and came across an organization called Hug It Forward that builds schools in Guatemala out of plastic bottles. And I was so intrigued, like, how do they build schools out of plastic bottles? And I learned what they do is uh, if a community in Guatemala is needing a new classroom, they might seek out the help of Hug It Forward and Hug It Forward will say, okay, we can help you, but we want you to be really involved in the process. So the community will go out and collect about 10,000 plastic bottles. There's a lot of trash laying around. So they're kind of cleaning up the environment as they're building these new classrooms. And as my cat's about to come over here. (laughs) Um, And so once they get the plastic bottles, they'll stuff each plastic bottle with enough trash until it becomes solid like a brick. And they call those eco bricks. So just imagine a plastic bottle stuffed with enough trash until nothing else can fit in there. So you can't squeeze it. And that becomes an eco brick. Then they'll put up chicken wire uh, as the framework of the, of the building. And they'll insert these eco bricks all along the chicken wire to make the walls put cement over it, and then paint it. And that's the foundation of a new classroom. So once I learned about this process and uh, just started to um, you know, research about Guatemala a little bit more and felt like it was going to be easy for me to kind of get over there and not too costly um, and having a, a solid organization like Hug Up Forward to facilitate this volunteer experience, I kind of dove headfirst into signing up. And uh, I didn't really know what I was going to get, uh, what I was getting myself into. I was going there by myself, although there was going to be about 20 to 25 other volunteers 
uh, alongside of me helping out for a week. And one of my kind of vivid memories from that experience was the very first day of our volunteering. Uh, all the volunteers were on a bus from the hotel going to the site where we were going to be building or helping to build one of these classrooms. And as we pulled up to the school site, uh, I looked out the window of the bus and I noticed the entire community, what felt like the entire community had come out to greet us. And as we stepped off the bus, they had formed two lines. So just imagine stepping off the bus, walking between two lines of people in the community and they are smiling, they're waving the American flag, they're hugging us, they're playing music. Um, they're giving us high fives and just smiling, really being welcoming. And at the moment, I thought, this is amazing. I feel really just welcomed. And now looking back on that experience, as I like to retell it, I'm like, gosh, why don't I feel this way in my own community? Why aren't people smiling and giving hugs and just being more welcoming where I live? It was in a, a developing country that I went to that I actually felt this way. So that was kind of my first um, thing that I noticed about the community in Guatemala. And then the second thing, as I volunteered there for the week, I got to learn more about the people and how little that they really had, you know? And it was sad that many of them don't have a lot of clean water or a lot of food, and they don't have the things that we take for granted, like smartphones and internet, but they just seemed so happy. And they weren't there complaining, they were there helping and um, just being very supportive and being welcoming throughout the entire week. And when I got back to home, which was in Denver at the time, I thought to myself, gosh, there is a lot of negativity in my immediate surroundings, but also, you know, what's placed in front of me through social media and the news and things like that. And I, I, became more aware of how much complaining that there actually is in, in this world, myself included. Um, so that was like my very first maybe tipping point where I thought, okay, these people are super happy and grateful. I'm doing a lot of complaining. What can I do to kind of turn around my life? Um, it was about that time that I read a book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And he talks about um, how to create a morning routine to set your days up for success. And one of the things he talks about is scribing your gratitude and writing down what you're grateful for. So that was my first, not my first taste of gratitude because I have done things like writing handwritten notes, but it was my first taste of implementing a gratitude practice on a consistent basis. Um, so it was those two things, the book, The Miracle Morning, but more importantly, my experience in Guatemala that led me to practice gratitude in my own life. And then being a business person that I am, think about how can I make a business out of this and get other people involved so that they're improving their lives as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What a beautiful beginning to your story. And for those that are listening, we just want to say hi to Mia. She has joined <laughs> Scott. She's your beautiful cat. Thank you. She just had a birthday. Just yep. had her birthday. She's 19 now. Oh, <laughs> I feel that my childhood cat was 21 when we finally said mm. goodbye. So mm. that is, it is uh, definitely 
we were talking about your next book. It's like the grateful hiking cat, maybe (laughs) (laughs) the grateful hikers cat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Something like that. Well, it's so funny because when I first found you, you know, it said you'd written this book called The Grateful Entrepreneur. And there was a time back when I was, you know, first doing this journey with gratitude, I was like, what do I call myself? And I had, I had thought about The Grateful Entrepreneur and I think the URL might've been taken, but it, nothing was there yet. And I was like, what do I do for The Grateful Entrepreneur? You know, I had some ideas of logos and things like that. And I was calling myself the grateful entrepreneur for quite a while, like during networking and things like that. And then I just sort of let it go. And it was just so interesting to find you who, you know, that was one of the things that you're doing. But of course, as we said, you've kind of transitioned into different ways of expressing gratitude. I think this is so important though, is that, you know, we're both entrepreneurs. And I think the tricky thing around gratitude is that gratitude itself is free, right? Mm. It doesn't cost anything to do any gratitude like that. It's totally free of charge. So developing a business around gratitude is definitely challenging. Would you agree? (laughs) (laughs) It it definitely is tough. I mean, um, and I have business coaches that I've talked to about this because as gratitude people, you and I and, and other people that you've interviewed, I think inherently we like we want other people to live better lives, right? And that's something that we help people do through gratitude and other means. Um, and I think for a lot of what I might call heart-centered entrepreneurs, we focus more on that than more on the business side of things. But then before you know it, you may not have a business if you're not making money out of it. So if I may, that's actually a good transition on how I got to write the book, The Grateful Entrepreneur. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So what I was do- when I started Say It With Gratitude, which is the main company name in 2016, I started with a line of thank you cards. Um, and the reasoning behind that was, and that's what you did too. The reasoning behind that was thank you cards was something that I knew uh, from early on when I was a kid. When I got presents for Christmas and my birthday, mom and dad said, all right, take out a piece of paper. You write a handwritten note to your grandparents thanking them. And um, But I think from there, uh, and then getting into the business world, I was in the fitness industry for a while. I learned that writing handwritten notes to appreciate your clients, for example, uh, could be a differentiator for your business. Not many businesses do. And if you um, are a customer or a client and you get a handwritten note in the mail from somebody you've done business with, that's pretty cool. You feel good. You feel really good about the company and like, hey, I want to stick with that company or uh, tell about that company to other people. So um, I decided to start with something easy, a line of thank you cards I uh, got another idea from a a book called Evolved Enterprise by Yannick Silver, who um, helped launch a business, uh, a thank you card business as well, where the cards were drawn, the art for the cards were drawn by kids in Haiti because he had done some volunteer work in Haiti. And so that meant a lot to him. So I thought, gosh, I want to replicate this. I'm going to get kids in Guatemala to draw the artwork for my cards. Um, so I did that. And uh, then I donated a percentage of sales back to 
organizations that build schools in Guatemala. So I thought that was a really neat kind of full circle approach to developing uh, a handwritten card business. However, uh, you have to sell a lot of handwritten cards to make a business out of it. And it's very challenging, especially when you're selling them in packs of eight and it's not that high, uh, high cost of an item. I thank you, Scott. It's so funny. We are literally, we've been on this like parallel journey. It's so fun because I'm the same. I like made these thank you cards. Um, for me, they are gratitude cards with pictures of sunrises because I live in a really beautiful place and it's very meaningful to me and nature and that connection to nature. And I sell them in packs of six And it was the same thing. As much as I love selling the cards, you have to sell a lot of cards Mm -hmm. to make any kind of significant profit. So as much as it's a great idea, it's like a volume thing for sure. I mean, I love that you went back to Guatemala, Mm -hmm. get the pictures. I adore that. And you know what I found? I don't know if you were still selling them at the beginning of the pandemic. Maybe not because you switched, you created your deck. But the beginning of the pandemic, I sold a ton of cards because people were just looking for ways to stay connected because mm-hmm. we were so cut off. Yeah. And that business just, it died about, you know, by by Christmas of that year. Like mm-hmm. that business was pretty much gone. So mm-hmm. very interesting. <sighs> you bring up some really awesome things. And I think these are such great lessons for the entrepreneurs that are listening in or the want to be entrepreneurs that are listening in is that just because you have a great idea and it makes sense and it feels good, it doesn't always mean that it can turn into a profitable business that you can survive on, right? Yeah. Or thrive on, you know, let yeah. alone, especially when you're you're doing a social um, business where you're giving back incorporated into your product. Like again, if you're if you're not selling thousands and thousands of cards, you know, you're sending a couple dollars back to Guatemala instead of a big sum. That exactly. Yeah. And, and you make a great point. Um, it's fun to come up with business ideas and actually develop the product that I think that's my strong suit, but then it's a whole nother game to actually make a sustainable business out of this. Um, one thing I noticed, Julie, um, I did start to uh, offer and sell larger packages of cards. So packs of 50, 100, 200, and companies started to buy them. A lot of them were fitness companies because I have a a huge network of fitness business owners. So I was selling kind of larger packages to uh, fitness business owners. And then with the advice of one of my business mentors, uh, I never forget this conversation I had with him. He's like, you if you want to market to, to business owners, you need to make gratitude easy for them. Yeah. And what I meant by that is even though owners were started by thank you cards, they still have to buy the stamps. Uh, they have to write the cards. They have yeah. to put them in the envelope, address the envelope, you know, mail them out. It's, it's not, it, it's easy, but it can be tedious or time consuming if that's if business owners have a hundred other things to do. So they don't need that on their plate. So with his help, I developed a service. Um, and you may not even know about this, but I developed a service where my business would actually write handwritten notes for the company and we would mail them out for the company to their to their clients. Their clients. And there are automated, you know, businesses that do that. Um, yeah. 
such as, uh, oh gosh, all the names are escaping. Well, me now. send out cards, although they've changed. Send out cards, yeah. Yeah, they've changed their name now, but okay. um, what, so, so yes, I agree with you, Scott. For a while I was selling the stamps with it to make it easier. Yeah. And I agree. And what's interesting is, what I've done for my business, because I've got this whole other part of my business around gut health and wellness, well-being, is that it's part of my process. So that's, I think, one great way for a business to really have thank you cards um, and make it work is that it's a part of my sales process. Hmm. So once I close the sale, after I've emailed the client, and I do a lot of personalized emails, I will... Then the card is next. So it's like the process isn't finished until I've sent the card to the client immediately as part of the sales process. And I remember, and I wish I remember what company, and you might know it, but there is a company of, that started out sending a handwritten card in every single one of their orders. And as they got bigger, people would say to them, like, how is this going to be sustainable? How are you going to have handwritten cards in all of your orders? That's not sustainable. You know, don't do that. It's not sustainable. But what they ended up doing as they grew is that everybody in the company would then uh, each write like 10 cards. And then, mm. so, you know, that handwritten card would go in a different order, but it wouldn't necessarily, it would come from a different person in the company. Like everybody worked there, whether you worked the line, whether you worked in the office, had these cards, and then they would just get put into the packages. So they would still receive a handwritten thank you card mm. um, from different people that worked there. So I think when it's part of your process, it's super easy to do. And just like you said, if it's not part of your process, if it's not there, you'll never, you don't make time for it. It's too much. It takes too long. Mm -hmm. It doesn't yeah. really take long though, right? Yeah, no, it doesn't take long um, at all. And once um, once I kind of developed that service where we were writing the handwritten notes, kind of the, the next step was teaching businesses. Basically, businesses want to know that handwritten notes can help them be more profitable. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day. And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep. And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness and of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. You'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you. And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of wake up with gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast. That's the bottom line. So 
I had to, with the help of some other, some other mentors, I had to come up with a system to help teach businesses why handwritten notes could not only help with retention, with client retention, but also get you more referrals. And I developed, I tweaked a system that was already out there that showed how handwritten notes can get a business more referrals. And so that's what I was teaching for a while. I was I was teaching that system. Uh, I was offering our services to actually do the handwritten notes for you. And you would also use my cards. Um, and so I was kind of selling that as a package deal. Um, and then that's, again, one of my business mentors who is big on writing books and really encourages all entrepreneurs like you and I to have a book out there. He encouraged me, why don't you write a book geared towards business owners that showed them, that shows them how you can build relationships using gratitude and become a more profitable business. So that's what I did with a grateful entrepreneur. It's a book on 40 ways to implement gratitude in your business to ultimately build your relationships and be more profitable. I mean, that sounds perfect. (laughs) That's so great. I love that so much. Um, Okay. So then you evolved and you, where did the idea for the Grateful Deck come from? Sure. So, um, so first a little bit about kind of the way my mind thinks, if I'm running a component of my business and it doesn't seem as fulfilling for me as I would like, then I will stop doing it. So just the, I, I don't know, I, I became, uh, somebody that really looked into my business and said like, I just don't want to have a business where we're just handwriting cards like all the time. I mean, I wasn't doing it. I had other people doing it, but it just wasn't fulfilling enough for me. So I decided to to curve a little bit and pivot um, as I've done many times. And so the Grateful Deck, which, we, which you alluded to, um, really came about during the pandemic, you know, we were all in our homes, not able to go anywhere. Um, some people living alone, like myself, separated from family, not being able to visit them. And so I knew, and I think this was an issue before the pandemic, that loneliness is on the rise. People have social anxiety, uh, connections so big, uh, but people lack a lot of social connections, I feel, at least what I was reading. So I wanted to develop a product that helped bring people together to have more meaningful conversations centered around the positives in their lives. So there's other companies out there that have decks. Uh, Best Self is a good company. They have different you know, icebreaker decks and relationship decks and things like that. So I made mine a little bit different in that each question in my deck, which is called the grateful deck, um, each question in my deck is designed really to remind you of the good in your life, to really put your life in perspective. Um, and so really, I just literally researched um, during 2020, the initial part of the pandemic, I just did research on what would make a good question to go into the deck and I developed it. Um, it's 120 questions. And really initially, Julie, my my idea was um, a couple of things. One, I wanted this to be a deck that parents could use with their kids. Um, if not young kids, at least teenage kids. I don't have kids myself, but just again, observation and doing research, 
seems like there's a lot of disconnection between kids and uh, adults these days. Uh, number two, just remembering from my childhood, how we as a family would come together and eat dinner at the table together. Yeah. I know nowadays that isn't happening as much and people might be eating dinner alone or kind of scattered. And so I thought, let's develop something that'll bring families back together at the dinner table. Not that this deck was going to do that, but it would give, you know, groups an outlet to have more meaningful conversations instead of looking at their phones during mealtime or looking at their phones on a date or when we're on a road trip. Uh, Instead of getting out your phones, asking questions from the deck will really uh, just bring people closer together. So can you share with us a couple of the questions from your deck? I can. So I've got the deck right here. I can just pick a couple of questions at random. Sure. That That sounds like fun. Yeah. So maybe I'll answer a question for you. Yeah. This one's kind of tough. So let's do this one. What's one kind or thoughtful thing someone did for you recently? What's one kind or thoughtful thing someone did for you recently? And sometimes that's even hard. Um, I am just thinking about one of my business partners that I work with very closely and I just really appreciate the way that she connects with me, um, and helps guide me. So even though we're working together, like as peers, Mm -hmm. she just reached out and did some like coaching with me as well. So, you know, we're peers and we work together, but I, I really think she uses her coaching skills as well to help me when I'm going through a tough time. So she's done that um, a few times and I just really appreciate her kindness in willing to like wanting to really help me to, to feel better. I'm just dealing with some chronic pain and things. And she's Mm. just really trying to find ways to help me, um, to just feel better. So I, I thought that was very kind. Nice to have some, nice to have a good friend in your corner. Yeah, uh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Another one. Me? Oh, sorry. I was oh, going to say, I was I was gonna gonna say, say th- oh, go ahead, Julie. <laughs> You're so fun. I adore you. Okay. The wait, you put away the hard question. So you oh, got to yeah. read it to us now. Okay. So read the hard question. Yeah. And this one, Anybody can answer this, but I like this one even for kids. But what is the most important lesson you learned from your parents? What is the most important lesson you learned from your parents? And that's okay. So I do invite Mm -hmm. the listeners to answer these questions for themselves. But I will say that you don't know this, but I'm estranged from my parents. I haven't spoken Mm. to my parents in over a year. Um, So this is, and it's really interesting because I was thinking about some of the lessons that I learned. And I wouldn't say this is a most important lesson, but it's a good lesson that I learned from my mom. So my mom had this habit, two really good health habits, actually. Walking every day and taking a nap after lunch every day for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And those are actually really good, healthy lifestyle habits. So I have adopted the habit of walking every day and the nap thing. I'm not super great on the nap thing, but I, the lesson that I see in that is that she took time to rest. She was an entrepreneur like me and worked from home and she took time every day to rest. Mm-hmm. So 
I love that. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that actually in today's day and age, that ability uh, to say I'm important enough to need rest. Um, that's a pretty powerful lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I'm a big believer in resting, recharging, relax. I don't often do it myself, but I feel so good when I do. And it, it can just make you sharper and, and perform better when you get back to the task at hand. Um, I was going to ask a uh, fun, not that I classify these as hard or fun, but one that maybe well, you do. Is, yeah, <laughs> that one I do. Cause some, some of these, some of these like that are sometimes more challenging to yeah. think off the top of your head, but that's okay. I think that's, that's kind of part of this where mm-hmm. we live in a society where like, if we don't know the answer right away, we're like, oh, I don't know. But if we take a step back and think about it, then something usually will come to you. Yeah. Other questions, you'll get an answer more quickly. Like one of my favorites is how would you spend six hours with your best friend? How would you spend oh. six hours with your best friend? Oh, I miss my bestie. I just talked to, I just talked to her this morning on the phone. I haven't talked, I haven't seen my best friend in a really long time. If we had six hours together, you know what? We would probably go to like a spa, like one of the ones that has, you know, the cold pool and the, the sauna and the, all that, and then maybe get a massage or a pedicure together. I mean, that would be so enjoyable to spend with her, even though you're not talking a ton, but just it just feels so good. And you're just, you're, you're there. Like you can't bring your phone with you, right. You're just like in that space. So that's what comes to mind. First of all, when I think about spending six hours with my best friend. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I don't really promote it like this, but these also would make good, um, like journal prompts. So in case you are by yourself Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. still want to go through the deck, Pick one a day and journal your answers. I think that could be a very powerful exercise to do. For sure. I love it. Okay. Where do you sell this deck? Uh, So this deck is sold on my website. So I'd say it with gratitude.com. Okay. So directly from you. Mm, Yeah. So you have inventory at home. Okay. Yes. Cool. Uh All right. I'm excited to talk to you about that. This is so exciting. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then, and then it's so fun because like, it's not often I talk to someone who has all these like stages of their gratitude journey. Um, you know, it's just really fun to see the evolution of the way you practice gratitude and the way you share gratitude with others. I think what I really love about gratitude as a practice is there are endless ways that we can practice gratitude. Mm. So why not be the grateful hiker? <laughs> <laughs> So Another. tell me about that, Scott. You're like, where did that come from? Yeah. Um, well, you so, live in the mountains. Yep. Yeah, I live in Knoxville, which is outside of the Smoky Mountains. Um, I've been putting on adventure trips, like week-long adventure trips for about a decade, but I decided to take a step back uh, from that for now and just offer a uh, an activity that's easier easy to access or more easily accessible for more people, if that makes sense. So Mm. I do day hikes um, in the Smoky Mountains. Mm. And um, really, I mentioned before that I'm the type of person that if I'm not fulfilled by something in my business or in my work, I might pivot and try something else. So hiking um, really, and, and practicing gratitude during hiking really encompasses a lot of my passions. Um, and so I wanted to 
put together uh, an experience. That's probably my favorite thing to do in my business is to put together experiences. And I wanted to put together an experience that anybody could do. um, And we can somehow combine it with gratitude. And so um, here are a couple kind of unique aspects to the, the hikes that I put together. Number one, they're unplugged. Um, as I mentioned, we're probably all inundated with social media posts and text messages and other notifications. Um, and we don't allow ourselves to rest and recover, not take a nap here, but at least take a nap from social media and other technology. So when we're out in nature on my hikes, we leave the technology behind. Uh, And then uh, the hikes uh, are giving us the opportunity to really um, notice the good that we have in our lives as Mia is tangled up in my headphones. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's going to be fun for the video right now. Mia all tangled up in your headphones. I love it. Uh, and I noticed personally on, on my own personal hikes, but, you know, hiking with other people, you know, over the years that sometimes we're on hikes and we're with friends and then we use the entire time to complain about work or gossip about other people. And I don't want my experiences to be about that. Um, so while we are unplugged, we also take the time to appreciate the good in our lives on the hikes. Um So we might do things, oh my gosh, Mia, (laughs) we might do things um, such as play a round of the Grateful Deck. Uh, We might stop. uh, So my hike is um, a waterfall hike. So we'll usually stop and eat a snack by the waterfall and take some time to write a handwritten note to somebody that's meaningful in our lives. Um, The cool thing about hiking, if you're new to hiking, A lot of hiking is in beautiful scenery and it does something to your brain that allows you to just really enjoy what you have in your life and allows you to be more creative. So I think like imagine sitting by a waterfall and writing a handwritten note to somebody that's meaningful in your life. That's like the ultimate, I think, expression of gratitude. You get, you get to soak in the the scenery and the sights and the sounds while you are connecting with somebody important in your life through the written word. And then on top of that, you'll give that card or mail it to the person that you're writing to, and they will experience the benefits of your appreciation. So the gratitude hikes are, think of them as mindful hiking. It just helps centers us and and keeps the positive thoughts into the front of our brain while we're out uh, on our hikes. Well, Scott, I appreciate that you share that with me because after this podcast, I'm actually going for a short hike with a friend. So oh, I will nice. keep a lot of those things in mind as we That's hike excellent. together. I live in a place where there's hiking just out my back door. You know, it's mm. really easy. I live near mountains and, and oceans and rivers and lakes. Ugh. It's a gorgeous place to live and everything's yeah. about a 10, 15 minute drive. So, I mean, there's like woods just around. I can just go through the trail by my neighborhood, but you know, for a longer hike, I get in the car. 
I love what you're saying. I'm like, should I pack some cards mm. to my, you know, like to write some cards with my yeah. the business partner I was just telling you about. She's the one I'm going hiking with. So, oh, oh so nice. good. Yeah. Okay, Scott, there's so much amazing goodness. I love too that you're bringing the hiking to day hikes to beginners because so many people have thought that hiking is not accessible for them. Mm -hmm. And so you've created a great resource with your YouTube channel. So the YouTube channel is if we just search the Grateful Hikers, easy to find. Yeah. So I've actually um, registered the domain name, thegratefulhiker.com. And okay. so it will redirect to the YouTube channel. Okay. So Perfect. Yeah. So thegratefulhiker.com is where we go to find your YouTube. And if we're looking specifically for the deck, we're going to go to say it with gratitude. Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, and you're on the socials. We'll make sure we're connected there. I do encourage you to check out his YouTube channel. It's brand new, really great to help encourage somebody when they first start a YouTube channel. Um, it looks great. I love, you know, your intro, everything. I'm just really excited for you. I'm excited to follow you along in this journey. So as we wrap things up, Scott, you know, gratitude is infused in, in your life. I can see that. I can feel that if you could leave our listeners with, one gratitude practice that you do that might be, they might not know about, or just something that you do that's really important as part of your daily gratitude practice, what would that be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. And I know you mentioned walking before. Walking is something that I've actually, uh, obviously I lead hikes, but I also just take walks around the neighborhood and uh, on the sidewalk and in greenways and things like that. And I think um, my suggestion is, the next time you go for a walk is to leave technology behind and really notice your the sights and sounds. I get joy just hearing the birds sing. I don't know if that's weird or not, but it just brings me a lot of joy watching. Just spend a moment just fixating on one aspect of the outdoors on your walk, whether it's a tree, a cloud, a flower, And just let that sink in. And I'm sure it's going to improve your mood and help you just live a more grateful life. And so um, if you haven't tried that, try that. And then if you like it, try and see if you can do it consistently. Yeah. Oh, you are so right. Just... It's such a great strategy. You know, we've come out of two years where everyone's been inside a lot. And people are now working from home permanently, which is great. I think for a lot of people, that's good. I'm, and I'm glad my husband is now working from home. Like it's made our lifestyle better. And at the same time, it's remembering to get out of our houses, right? To just yes. find mm-hmm. nature at your doorstep. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be difficult. Um, there is some science behind bird song and helping to reset your nervous system. So listening to bird song is like a way for us to reset you know, our nervous system from our fight or flight that we're in all the time Mm. to the more, you know, digest, rest, relax, nervous system side of things. So uh, there's science behind what you're sharing too, which I love so much. Scott, I just want to say right now, I'm going to have you back on the podcast because I feel like there's so many more things (laughs) that we can talk about. Really enjoyed our time together. Thank you so, so much for just being so giving to our community, for sharing all the ways that you bring gratitude into this world that you serve your communities. And I'm just, I'm so, so thankful that we've been introduced and that we met. Thank you, Julie. It was great to be here. I want to thank you for having me and for the listeners. I know you have uh, lots of choices on what to listen to. So appreciate you uh, sticking around and, and uh, listen a little bit about gratitude today. Thank you, Scott. 
Thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. I appreciate you. If you're not already following us on your favorite app, make sure you click on the check or follow podcast so you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode. If you enjoyed the episode and want to help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app. You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly. And you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories and I'll repost. Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing, I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.